will answer me second or will he answer Jesus first? He looks at me through Christ. Glory be to the name of the Lord. It's indeed a great day to be alive. Uh, this is Iyango Kutiyan coming to you. And thank you for letting me come into your space wherever you are this glorious, glorious day. I'm really sure and I'm th- I believe that you are really expecting so much great things from God this year. And God is in the business of, uh, you know, increasing us, blessing his people, bringing glory to his name. And uh, we're going to be looking at something here you will need. Every single child of God will need this. In fact, as a matter of fact, all of humanity needs this. Glory to the name of the Lord. Uh, before I delve into what the Lord has got for us today, please uh, let me crave your indulgence. Help us. And uh, you go over there to our website, www.faithimpactmeans.org. Faithimpactmeans.org. Means is M-I-N-S. That's just shorts for ministries. Once again, our uh, website address is www.faithimpactmeans.org. And once again, really, really so glad I've been hearing from a num- number of you from, you know, messages and even different things we've been sharing over there uh, to bless people. Even the uh, uh, YouTube um, a video by Brother Savell that I shared and all that. A number of you have watched it. And others have let me know how enriching a blessing it's been to them. So we're going to be looking at something here you're going to need. All of us are going to need. And it's important to know that God wants you blessed. He wants you blessed more than you even want to be blessed. He wants his glory to be manifested in your life. And it's important we align ourselves with God's plans, God's purpose, God's will. And we, we want to give God our best so we can get his best. Hallelujah. So today we're going to be looking at something very important here, and it's simply this. Uh, a one key ingredient for guaranteed results. A key, one key ingredient. This one key essential ingredient for guaranteed result. In everything that you do with God or people where people experience God's blessings, this particular ingredient must be there. In fact, the way I'm going to go through this is that we're going to do it in such a way, it's going to be like we um, unraveling, unfolding, you know, peeling out, you know, one layer, just like you do an onion, peel out, you know, one layer and peel out another area, uh, uh, another, you know, uh, uh, layer until we get to exactly what this is. So turn with me to John 16. John 16, I'm going to begin reading here from uh, verse 12. John 16, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus is doing the talking here. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. You know, as a child of God, you have the spirit of God in your life. In fact, when you get born again, I've said this before, and this will bear repeating. Jesus is God's gift to the world. Now, when people receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they come into the family of God. And then once in the family of God, God also has another gift for you as his child, and that is being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can only be, you know, go into people of believers, people who have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, does it mean the Holy Spirit is not involved when getting people born again? As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is involved. He is the one who introduces you to Jesus, brings you to the Lord Jesus, and by that, his conviction, you receive Jesus into your life. 
Hallelujah. So we see here, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. And may I ask there, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. But reading further here, in verse 13, For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you or show you things to come. It tells us how committed and dedicated the Holy Spirit is to his ministry, to the believer. And then it says that he will glorify me. See, God wants to get glory from your life. That's why we're all here, to bring glory to God. And in, in, in doing God's work, believing his word, producing results, that's how we, we bring glory to the name of the Lord. In fact, Jesus said in John 15, Here is my Father, glorify that you bear much fruit. So what's the fruit he's talking about? The fruit of taking the word of God and putting that word in our hearts, believing it. And I talked about believing it in prayer and getting results or acting on it and producing results. The results we get as a result of believing God's word and acting on it, that's the fruit he's talking about. And in bearing of that fruit, that's how God is glorified. So when you produce or when testimonies arise from your life as a result of acting on God's word, receiving God's word, God is glorified. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say here, hallelujah, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and show you things to come. So he will show you things to come. And then he says, he will glorify me for he will take of mine what is his and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. So this is what the Holy Spirit does. He wants you to glorify God. He wants God to get glory from your life. And that's why we're here. That's why when you give your life to Christ, God did not just wrap you up and take you to heaven. He left you here because there's work to be done and for you to bring glory to his name. Hallelujah. Now, turn with me here. Still, you know, pursuing the unveiling of this ingredient. Let's look here in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. I'm going to begin reading from verse 1. And this is a story uh, concerning Saul, who eventually became the Apostle Paul. So Acts 9 from verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats. In fact, um, this word, you know, breathing threats, or that, that expression there, the picture in the original Greek, uh, as, as uh, I'm told, the picture is that of a, an angry boar, you know, filthy pig, wild boar, angry, you know, going after its food or a prey or something. That's the, 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 the picture here presented, uh, used to present this man, Saul. So Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. I want to get a picture here. I want us to get a picture here. Now, Saul, who became Paul, of his own volition, deployed his own resources to go after the believers. You know, the Bible called them people of the way. To go after these believers. He wasn't told to do it of his own volition. He embarked on this. And, uh, and we're told, you can see here, breathing out threats. As at this point in time, he's already taken down Stephen, the first martyr of the church, and is pursuing others. 
So with the death of Stephen, he sees that that's an accomplishment. There are many more. He's not just content about carrying this thing out in Jerusalem. He's proceeding from city to city. Now he's heading now to Damascus. Isn't that something? And so he, he, he goes to get letters. And you come to see here, Paul believes, I'll say Saul at this point, he believes this is his calling. He believes this is what he's supposed to be doing. You know, there's something so powerful when a man discovers his calling. He puts everything, when he believes that this is his calling and he believes it, he puts everything about him into it. At least that's the way it should be. Hallelujah. And so he now has left letters authorizing him to go from city to city, synagogue to synagogue, and he's heading to Damascus. So he has letters from him, from the, from the high priest, has letters from him uh, uh, to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who are of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This is what uh, Saul is after. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from on high. So I want you to get this picture now. He has, uh, he, he has men with him, a band of men, and he has this le- le- letter of authorization to go around the uh, 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 synagogues in Damascus. And if he saw any believers, could bring them bound to Jerusalem. And so while he was embarking on his way, verse 4, then he, we're told here in verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. So this heavenly light shone from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. And heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So picture this. And so he has his uh, journey to Damascus. And a light shone around him with his men. So he's using his own resources and all that to head to Damascus to bring believers bound to Jerusalem. And he said, and so as he was going, this light shone around him. And, uh, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Very interesting. So as this light shines around him, and as you come to see, knocks him to the ground. He says, who are you, Lord? So he acknowledges this heavenly light, the person that is behind it, is Lord. And the Lord said to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. Or like the King James says, the pricks. And now Jesus introduces himself. You know, he at this, at this point in time had been thinking, well, the reason why, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. If nobody's going to do this thing, I'm going to do it. I'm going to use my resources, go after Christians, bring them, and put them in prison, put them in bondage, bring them back to Jerusalem. And he sets about to do this. And the Lord arrests him and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? In fact, I love to kind of dig here. Did you notice the Lord didn't say, why are you persecuting my church or my people? He didn't say that. He said, why are you persecuting me? So right there, Jesus is identifying with his body. He's right there even proving himself and his body are one. Himself and his body are one. Jesus is proving that right there. And another point right here is this. Jesus takes personally 
what is done to anybody or any member of his body. He takes that personally. Jesus didn't say, why are you persecuting my people or my children? He said, why persecuting me? So we know right there, whatever you do to any other brother or sister, any believer, you're doing it to Jesus. Jesus takes it personally. Let me ask you. I mean, you probably have children. Say you have children. When somebody does something to your children, if they hurt your children, don't you take it personally? If they bless your children, don't you take it personally? Absolutely you do. Absolutely. Well, the Lord takes it personally. In fact, Jesus said, uh, I believe somewhere in Matthew uh, said in, uh, in one of the Gospels, actually, I think it's, it's more than one of the Gospels, he said, whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you do unto me. I believe uh, this uh, Matthew 25, around about there, he says, um, you know, uh, 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 the judgment who said to the people, you know, uh, when I was in prison, you came to visit me. When I was hungry, you fed me and said all of those things. And people say, well, when did we see that you did all of those, those things to, to you? He says, as long as you did it to the list of my brethren, you've done it to me. And Jesus said here, why are you persecuting me? Took it personally. So I'll read here verse 5. And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said to him, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks or the gods. One, it's hard to kick against the Lord. It's hard. Listen. <laughs> Secondly, one of the things you can see here, it's hard to kick against God's plans for your life, anything that's of God. We've talked about that. And the next point here, when you are going against what the Lord has planned for you, it's hard. Certainly, this wasn't God's plan for Saul. This was God's plan for him was to get born again, come into the family of God, as we'll come to see. And when you're kicking against it, life will be hard. Life will be hard. So if you're going through hardship, kind of life is so hard. It's good for you to check. Are you kicking against the gods? Kicking against God's plan, God's purpose for your life. Don't get me wrong. There are times... Exactly when you are not, I'm not, I'm not saying if you're in God's plan and purpose, things are going to go easy, hunky dory. That's all I'm talking about. Either way, things are going to go, <laughs> you'll, you'll be attacked by the enemy. But one thing is for sure when you're working in God's plan, God's on your side. Then the enemy is the one bringing the pressure. And with God on your side, you can get the victory. It's so clear. So he trembling, astonished. Now, Paul, I saw trembling and astonished and said, Lord. So once again, he calls Lord. He calls, Lord, what do you want me to do? He's surprised, Lord. He, he can imagine he's shocked, he's surprised. You mean it is the Lord God that I thought I was, I thought I was serving the Lord God in, in going after these believers? Apparently, Jesus is indeed the Lord. He's shocked. Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise. Mm, isn't that something? Arise, go into the city, and it will be told you what you must do. Arise, go into the city, it will be told to you what you must do. Isn't that something? Yeah, I've just have to think about it. How come the Lord didn't tell him what he wanted to do there? See, there's just something about the Lord. See, the Lord doesn't believe in just operating solo. 
there's some divine relationships God wants to bring you into. And listen, the enemy will fight against you coming into those kinds of divine relationships. And so that's why, remember, one of the things we have to walk in as people of God, we should not walk in unforgiveness. People are going to step on your toes, so forgive them. There's one thing the enemy wants to do more than anything else is that when you come into those divine relationships or contacts the Lord has for you, he will want to scuttle those. He will want to scuttle those readily. And so you need to be armed with unforgiveness and love in your heart. Walk in love with your brethren. Everyone, as a matter of fact. You may not know, you don't know all the kind of the relationships God wants to bring you into. And one of the things we see here. Uh, as we go further here, the Lord contacts Ananias and tells him to go over to minister to uh, uh, um, to minister to Saul. And Ananias begins to argue and says, "Lord, I've heard about the, so much evil this man has done, and such and such." And right here in verse thirteen, Ananias answered, "Lord, I've heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints at Jerusalem." And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But listen now, the Lord said to him, go, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel, verse 15. Verse 16, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias goes on the basis of that. And then when he enters to minister to Saul, in verse 17, he addresses him as, Brother Saul. Now, I just want to throw something in here. Brother Saul. Who do you call a brother? Somebody who is a fellow believer, like yourself, who's received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And you can see here, Saul is different. Once Jesus introduced himself, he said, Who are you, Lord? And then he now, next thing he says, Lord, what would you want me to do? So you acknowledge Jesus is Lord. Do you, write, do you see anywhere here where Saul of Tarsus is confessing his sins? Oh, I'm so sorry I killed. Uh, I'm so sorry I, I was the one responsible for the, for the death of Stephen. Look at what I've done. Forgive me for going to the chief priest to get all these letters, you know, to bind the people. You don't see any of that. You don't see any of that. So many, you know, I, 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 I'm coming at something here. Many of us, when we were getting born again, confessed our sins. But you see, even though you confess your sins, it's not possible for the sinner to confess all his sins. It's not. If he, if he got born again at the age of 25, it probably take him another 25 years to confess all his sins. Listen, it's not possible for the believer to confess his sins. It's not. Not possible at all. But how come Saul, right here, Ananias is calling him Brother Saul. And the Lord himself said, he's my chosen vessel. So if the Lord is saying, this is my chosen vessel, who are we to argue with the Lord? The Lord is in sense saying, this is my own. This is my son. This is my child. Right here. What happened? Well, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us, For if you shall confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised, from, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You confess what? The Lordship of Jesus. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We see here Saul confessed Jesus as Lord. In fact, that Luke 16 that we read there, 
the, uh, Luke 16, the earlier verses from verse 7 right there. It says that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict, Jesus said, he will convict the world of sin, singular. And what was that sin? The sin that they did not believe in Jesus. So the only sin the Holy Spirit convicts the sinner of, not sins, is sin, singular. Check it. John 16 from verse 7 is the sin of not, of not having received Jesus as Lord. And that's why Jesus said, of sin, because they did not, they did not believe in me. That's the only sin the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit convicts the unbeliever of. All other sins, drunkenness, fornication, all that, are all a manifestation of his nature because he's not believed in Jesus. Because he has not received Jesus as Lord. Listen, what do sinners do? Sinners sin, just the same way dogs bark. Yeah, just the same way cats meow. Even if a sinner was to make the New Year's resolution, I will never bark. That's like a dog saying, no, sorry, I'll never sin. I meant to say, if a sinner was to make that New Year's resolution saying, I'll never sin, you know, that's never come to pass. That's like a dog saying, I will never bark again for the rest of my life. No, it's in the dog to bark. It's in the rooster to crow. And it's in the sinner to sin. He can't help himself. That's why he needs to be born again. When he gets born again, he becomes a brand new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. A new creation in Christ. If any man received, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Dear friend, I'm going to pick up right here. This is a very exciting thing. We're going to be taking, a, taking off this piece layer by layer and come to this ingredient. Stick with me. Hallelujah. And thank you. Some of you have actually been sharing testimonies with me. I love to keep hearing those testimonies. Keep them coming. Hallelujah. And uh, stay tuned and keep expecting. We're going we're gonna to be releasing, a, I'm going to be releasing another installment of this message. And you need this. Once again, we're looking at the one key ingredient, essential ingredient for guaranteed results. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you, Lord, for this dear one and what they have heard today. Fertilize that in their hearts. Help them to hunger for more and unveil more to them, Lord, by your truth. And Father, your truth indeed sets free. Thank you, Lord, Father, that our lives will produce results to your praise and glory. And with any, experiencing any kind of sickness or affliction right now, I curse that sickness and affliction and I command it to die and to leave you right now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Looking forward to next time. Once again, don't forget, go over to our website, www.faithimpactmeans.org. Hallelujah. Thank you for letting me come your, come your way. And uh, this is Life Extraordinary. Inyangu Kutiyang saying thank you. See you next time. Blessings. <laughs>